Hello and welcome to Follies Air Podcast. I'm Jessie Marquis and today we're going to be talking about fear. Since March 2020, the UK and the world has been gripped with fear unlike any time before, certainly in my lifetime. At the time of this recording, COVID-19 is starting to feel more like an unwanted house guest than the mass deadly pandemic it was almost two years ago. Two years ago, it kept us rightly or wrongly locked up in our homes, removed from our family and friends. I remember well the daily battle I personally faced to keep fear away from me and my family. You would hope that as COVID-19 fades into the background, that peace and normality will begin to resurface. But it appears something else will always be waiting in the wings to fill the news headlines and gain our attention. And this week, what's on the news is a potential war. It's easy to let the waves of panic hit you, especially as I don't think many of us have gotten over the panic of the last crisis. In the last few years, the world has become a much darker place. Even driving around town, people are more aggressive, less compassionate and less caring to each other. And is it any wonder when you see what's happening in the world? In John 17 verse 14, Jesus is praying out loud in front of his disciples before his life is coming to an end. He knows what's about to happen to him, but his disciples do not know. In his prayer, Jesus says this to God, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. If you're a Christian, you are already separated from the world. And make no mistake in thinking that life will be easy for you, because Jesus said that his followers are hated by the world because they are not of it. In fact, Jesus tells us that in this world we will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. John 16 verse 33. So if we are not of the world, but rather in it, how do we separate ourselves from fear? The first time fear is mentioned in the Bible is way back in the beginning in Genesis 3 verse 10. Adam has eaten fruit that God has told him not to, and he is now separated from God by sin. God asks Adam, where is he? And Adam answers, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. When we are separated from God, we are afraid. And when we are afraid, we want to hide. Often in our lives, when we feel afraid, it's because we are separated from God and his word. Don't underestimate the separation in your life. When I think of my own experience, I know that when I listen to what the world has to say, instead of what God has to say, I can often become afraid. I do believe that Satan uses fear to make us back off from our destiny, from a relationship with God and from doing what God has called us to do. Fear makes us feel like we want to hide, even from God sometimes. And even the world recognises that fear makes people want to hide. They call it flight or fight response. Becoming separated from God, either physically or mentally, allows fear to attack us. But in God's presence, we have the gift of peace and joy. 
Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You have shown me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, the Bible says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. No one can love you perfectly, only God can. I really do wish I had something more complicated or profound to offer you, but the fact of the matter is that there is no fear in the presence of God. And sadly, most of us live separated from God, even as Christians. There's a very simple way around this, and that's to abide in him. What does abide mean? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines abide as to wait, to pause, or to delay to stay, to continue in a place, or to dwell. John 15, verse 4, Jesus says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. For if anyone does not abide in me, he has cast out a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples." Without God, we can do nothing. When you have nothing, this is a really easy thing to get your head around. But when you've had a measure of success, you can feel like you either don't need God or the pressure is all on you to get it right. You've got to perform. You need to be connected to the vine, to God. There's loads I could say about this verse, but on the topic of fear, dwelling with God will cast out fear. And this is how we bear fruit. What does bearing fruit mean? I guess in a worldly way, it means success. And the blessing that God has given us draws people back to God because it's for his glory rather than our own. This is another topic entirely. But Christians that have been led to believe that they shouldn't succeed because it's ungodly, this is awful. And it's kept many Christians in poverty who didn't need to be. And worse than that, it's pulled down many Christian organisations, businesses or individuals down to almost nothing. It's a lie sent from the enemy. Religion says that it's better to be meek and mild and poor than it is to run a hugely successful business or be blessed individually. We are blessed to be a blessing. The glory belongs to God, not us. So now we know that we have to abide in God because it brings peace joy and fruit. But how do we do that? How do we abide in God? The world has started to talk about something the Bible has been telling us to do for thousands of years. It's a word that most churches have banned through the years. It's called meditation. In Psalm 46 verse 10, God says, be still and know that I am God. 
This is the very definition of meditation. The world will tell us to empty our minds, but godly meditation is fixing our eyes on God and being still. Again, this is something that Satan has tried to claim as his own. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Emptying your mind is not a great thing to do, but meditating on God's word is. Our entire world now is set up so that we are never still. Every second of every day, we are interrupted by others on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, news alerts to our phone or emails from our colleagues and bosses. In the car, we have the radio, podcasts or music to listen to. If someone thinks they want to ask you something, they just pick up the phone and call or send a message. Rarely do we wait until we see that person to discuss something. Our entire lives now are a series of interruptions in a very busy world. Rarely do I give anything my full undivided attention, let alone God. I recently stood in a queue for a while without my phone. I physically couldn't check anything, so I just stood and waited. Everyone around me had their heads down looking at their phones or had their headphones in. We live in a world now where it's almost deemed as unacceptable to be still, to be quiet, even for a moment. I challenge you to sit in a public place and watch people. Most people, even when they are alone, are plugged into some sort of device. I believe that this is part of Satan's strategy to separate us from God, to make us so busy, so seemingly connected to the world that we become disconnected from the God of peace. But he has peace available for you and he gave it to you thousands of years ago. John 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Psalm 77 verse 12 says, I will meditate on all your work and I will muse on your deeds. It is a great tool to sit still and meditate on God and his word. Even medically speaking, meditation has proven to help with all sorts of mental struggles. God knew what he was talking about when he suggested that we meditate on him. If you need some help, there's an excellent album on Spotify by Don Potter and Daniel Kalender. It's called Heaven, and I highly recommend it. If we sliced up our day into hours spent, I guarantee you that almost all of us would have spent more hours looking at social media or the news or TV than we've spent reading our Bible or meditating on God. Look, I'm not saying this to condemn you because I'm exactly the same. I have to work, I've got small children, a house to run, I'm just the same as you. But is it any wonder that we feel so at odds with ourselves when we are living a life separated from time with God? And honestly, there are probably thousands of Christians who can go weeks, months, or even years never picking up the Bible for themselves. And that's such a shame because it's a really big part of our defense. The Bible calls the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Ephesians 16 verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, 
We need to know the word of God. It has to be our defense and our weapon. Don't be condemned. I'm not saying that you need to know it to be able to quote it. I certainly can't without a quick Google search. But knowing what you're looking for will help you defend yourself against fear and all attacks. There really is no shortcut to this. There are plenty of reading plans if you want to search online. And it really doesn't matter where you start. If you read an entire book of the Bible or if you just jump about. God gave us his word to arm us against the evil in this world. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, he knew how to make Satan shut up. He quoted scriptures at him. You can read this conversation in Matthew 4 verse 1. And I use this technique myself for combating fearful thoughts. A fear thought will often but not always start with what if. What if I can't pay that bill? What if I don't have enough money? What if not enough work comes in? What if I can't do it? What happens if I fail? My mom used to say that you always knew it was Satan talking to you if it started with a what if. We can fight these kind of thoughts by battling them back with the word of God. Let me give you an example. So a thought like, what if I can't pay that bill is combated with, and my God shall apply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 4 verse 19. What if I can't do it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4 verse 13. This is what I mean when I say using the Bible as a sword. None of us would go into a battle without a weapon. And using it like this, it cuts those fears down. It stops them in the tracks. And yes, I sound like a total lunatic, but I speak the verses out loud because there's power in the spoken word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18 verse 21. As well as knowing your Bible, there are a few very practical things you can do to avoid fear from having a field day with you. Don't underestimate Satan's attack when you're about to do something that God has called you to do. He created you for a purpose. And if you're on the way to do that purpose, then fear or anxiety is going to come knocking. Satan needs something or someone to bring fear to you. If we lived way up in the mountains with no contact with the outside world, we'd only have ourselves to contend with. But that's not the reality. And he needs others that he can use so he can get to us. What do I mean by others? So there's a couple of examples here. He can send other people. He can get to you through media like TV or radio or through social media. Let's look at through other people. Other people can pass their fear onto you without you even being aware. A simple hi, how are you can turn into a conversation you wish you'd never had. It's amazing how quickly your peace can leave you when that happens. It can be very hard to stop people telling you about how frightened they are. And unless you're feeling very brave, it's super hard to shut them down mid-flow. But it's important to guard your heart. Spending time being grounded in God will help you shift your focus for your day. I think that's why a lot of people start their day spending time with God because it sets them up. My go-to scripture in the middle of fear and panic is Psalms 91. Write it out and keep it near you. It will help you keep focus. It's a really long scripture, but here's a very quick snippet. For you have taken refuge in the Lord, my shelter, the most high. No harm will overtake me. No illness will come near my home. For he has ordered his angels to protect me in all that I do. Let's look at through the media. 
My husband calls our TV the black box of fear. And it's really amazing that we spend hundreds of pounds pumping ungodly stuff into our homes. During the height of the pandemic, my husband would shout fear in the middle of a broadcast. At first, I thought he was crazy, but I actually found it really useful. It reminded me of what we're dealing with. Me and my husband made the decision at the time to turn the TV off. And we decided that if something major was happening, then someone else would tell us about it. It's almost impossible to be fully connected and to stay in peace. If you feel you have to be in touch with the world events, then perhaps pick your most trusted source and skim read over the front page. But be careful when you do this. Don't do it just before bed. Someone said to me recently that the news used to be about telling you what had happened and now they're mostly predicting what will happen and not everything will. I'm reading a fantastic book at the moment. It's called Stolen Focus. It's not a Christian book, but the author has decided to get his news from a newspaper on a Sunday. Firstly, there's scientific evidence that reading from a paper or a book helps you absorb the information better than a screen, as we read differently. And secondly, you get the news that matters and not all the silly passing stuff that they use just to fill in the gaps. Let's look at social media. This can honestly be worse than watching the TV or listening to the radio because you get a barrage of mixed opinions and they aren't even founded on anything other than someone's opinion. It really is a habit just to be scrolling through and not paying attention. There are a couple of things you can do. You could unfollow anyone who's on the fear soapbox. I'm really quick with my unfollow button. You can also subscribe to people or organizations that you know are trusting God. There's a few good names to follow, like Andrew Womack, Joyce Mayer, Jesse DePlantis, Creflo Dollar, Rick Godwin. It's much nicer to have a news feed full of godly content rather than fear and people moaning. Better yet, stop scrolling altogether and find something else for your idle thumbs to do. Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. Paul says that we're not to worry about anything. And this is a man who spent a lot of time in prison for telling people about God. He tells us that nothing deserves our worry and that in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, let God know what you need. It's pretty hard to stay anxious if you're thanking God. Thank him whenever you're worried for your job, the money that you have. Thank him for your family, your kids or your partner. You can even thank him for your pets or your home, your food, even that you have the ability to listen to this podcast. In the middle of the night, if I wake and I'm upset and I'm worried, I start my thank you list. It's amazing how quickly I always fall back asleep. Paul said that the peace of God, which goes beyond your own understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus. When you're focused on Jesus, it's pretty hard to feel afraid. In Psalm 23 verse 4, King David says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
There are going to be times when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A couple of things to note from this passage. You walk through it. You don't stand still by doing nothing. It's a shadow. Jesus ended death's power over you when he went to the cross. Even when we die, we're not separated from God. Any fear you experience on this earth is a shadow. It's not the real thing. If you've given yourself to God, then it's a shadow because Jesus told us that he had won over death. In John 3 verse 16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, the Bible says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It is so important to keep your mind on God. And according to that Bible verse, it's the only way to keep in perfect peace. Keeping your mind on him is an active choice. I honestly believe that it's a strategy of the enemy to keep drip feeding us ungodly worldly thoughts. You might need to make some changes to your daily routine. There's so much amazing Christian music, podcasts and teaching out there. You never have to fill your minds with the world's point of view again. Remember that you have to seek God, which takes effort. It's effortless to switch on the telly, but it can be an open window to fear. You can fill your time with healthy content like a happy movie or YouTube preach or uplifting music, or pick a hobby that you love, go for a walk or a bike ride. God loves to walk. Take him with you. I know this because he walked with Adam in the cool of the day in Genesis. With a bit of effort, you can change the way that you're feeling and see some real victories in your life. Remember that no one can serve two masters. You're either serving the God of this world or your Abba Father. Even if you're being passive in your outlook, you're still serving a master. Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Life, very sadly, is a series of choices. Fear may knock, but we have the choice to open the door or even let it hang out in our homes. Be aware of who is the guest in your home. Until we speak again, God bless, be kind to each other and yourself. And don't forget, you can get more information at folliesandtrust.co.uk or follow us on Facebook, Follies and Trust.